when God's people, I was talking to Ethan, he sent me a sermon last night, we do that once in a while, and, and boy, the man of God was preaching about the blood, and you know what happened, you could hear the church, you could hear the church as the man of God was preaching, beginning to amen and shout, glory to God, uh, and, and that's what we need to get back to. I'm not saying amen just for the sake of amen, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching for preachers today. I'm, I'm not preaching for my own glory and benefit, but I'm saying if the Spirit of God so moves you, then you ought to amen the man of God. You ought to shout. You ought to, you ought to lift up your hands. You ought to, uh, there's nothing wrong with God's people during the sermon. It don't have to be the lost. There's nothing wrong with God's people during the sermon to come and fall down at an altar and begin to cry out. And, and I preached last week about intercession. There's nothing wrong with wanting to intercede for our nation, for our military, for our lost. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Matter of fact, it used to be fairly common practice to see the altars full. And uh, for the couldn't tell the saints from the sinners. They was just crying, lifting up. And, uh, and boy, they come up before the throne and, and there was power in those services. And I'd love to see that one more time before I leave this earth. Um, if you turn with me to Isaiah 55 and John 11, I know time's got away, but that's okay. It's been good. It's been good. Amen. And, uh, and I won't keep you long. There ain't but, uh, but just a few things on my heart. And, uh, but it is one. I don't know of the last time I had a, a burden so heavy to preach something so short. But that's about what I've got today. And uh, so we're going to read in two places, maybe three. But Isaiah chapter 55, it's very familiar. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? and labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a... For a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people, behold, thou shalt, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run to thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for He hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I'll stop there and, uh, and turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verse uh, 25. It says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in Thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, 
And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. I'm glad He revealed Him to me one night. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's one more passage, the last few verses of the last chapter of the canon of Scripture. In Revelation chapter number 22, just just a few verses, uh, starting with verse 12. It says, And behold, I come quickly... And my this is Jesus speaking, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter into the gates of that city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. I begin to think this week just about three words that uh, that uh, would would compass every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth. No matter what situation you're in in life and what station, uh, no matter if you're lost or you're saved, and those three words are simply "Come unto me." And uh, boy, I've, I've thought about that down through the years, but I've really thought about it a lot this week. Uh, just come unto me. And, and you have in the last portion of the canon of Scripture uh, one, last, one last push, it seems. And, uh, and, and, and he, Jesus is saying, I am the root and the offspring of David. He said, I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. And he's saying there, this earth all started with me, and it'll all consummate with me and my word. I thought about what's happened this week, and I preached last week, and just in passing I mentioned that those four horsemen of the apocalypse have, and I mentioned that, uh, that, that red horse that would land on planet earth, and with it would bring a war. And after that is the black horse that would bring a famine. And after that would be the pale horse. And, and death is going to follow him. And, and the Bible says there that a fourth part of mankind will be destroyed from the face of the earth. And you might think, what can uh, that mean? And then we see this week what's happened with uh, with Putin and Russia uh, going into Ukraine. And you might say, preacher, that don't have nothing to do with us. Let me tell you something this morning. If you have half a brain in your mind this morning, if you have half a thought in your heart, if you have half sense about you today, uh, you begin to understand that, uh, that, uh, and I'm not saying I know what to do because I don't. I don't know what the answer are. I'll leave that to people far smarter than me in foreign policy. But here's my thought this morning that, 
that if we do nothing and he takes Ukraine and, and then he'll go into Poland and grab Poland and if we still do nothing there by the way we are dependent upon Russia for our oil and our gas and, and I don't agree with that but that's just the fact of the matter this morning and, and so we're going to have gas shortages and, and that's going to go up and that uh, gas going up means food's going to go up to deliver the food to the grocery stores it'll have to by necessity and so we may be looking at an inflation and a gas shortage and an oil shortage and, and then if we if we get involved we're in another war and God knows I don't want that and if we don't do a thing then, uh, then that's going to embolden Z in China uh, to go into Taiwan he's been he's been itching to do that been fighting fighter planes over Taiwan try to provoke an attack you might say what does that have to do with us. Well, China holds over 50% of this world's grain and uh, Taiwan holds uh, uh, all the manufacturers, all the computer chips pretty much, all the processors pretty much are made in Taiwan and, and China wants Taiwan and Putin wants Ukraine. And po- I'm saying we could be facing a gas shortage, an inflation, a hyperinflation, a food shortage from the grain, a computer chip and processor shortage from China and Taiwan. I'm telling you what's going on in this world. And the Bible says, come unto me. And we need to be coming unto Him this morning. If you've got a burden in your heart uh, for those people of Ukraine, uh, for our soldiers, for our men and women, you ought to come unto Him this morning. You can be saved and still come to this mourner's bench. It's a place that we have set aside. It's not, it's not scriptural or doctrine or anything like that, but it is a place that we have set aside. And, and uh, boy, I told somebody this week, if the world had had sense of what's fixing to be unleashed or, or what has the potential to be unleashed, and, and I'm hoping it don't come to any of that, and I'm hoping I'm dead wrong, uh, but it, uh, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job as a pastor. I'm not trying to fearmonger you, uh, but you understand that the world can change in a bleak of an eye. Uh, we can wake up one morning this week and, and see that uh, see that it's all broken loose uh, upon planet earth. Uh, I'm telling you today, uh, we've never seen the war that could be unleashed on planet earth. For in the first two uh, world wars nobody had nuclear missiles. and uh, Nobody had that. And now they've pretty much all got that. And they are monsters. We, uh, we entered into the United Nations and NATO and these things to assure a mutual destruction among their nations. In other words, if you launch nukes at us, we're going to launch theirs back at you. And that would ensure nuclear destruction and mutual destruction. Here's the thing you've got to keep in mind about these monsters, about these dictators, that they don't care about their own people. They don't care if they get nuked or not. They really don't. And I'll say this today, you might disagree with me, we've got to same monsters here in America. Amen. Yes, sir, we do. But that is one last push in the last chapter of the canon of Scripture. Before the canon of Scripture was closed, the last few verses says, they let the Spirit and the bride say, Come. 
I want you to understand today how that Spirit is the Holy Spirit how that reaches out to lost people and it just says, come unto me. How that bride that it's talking about is the church of the living God. And it's saying, come, come unto Him. And let the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let Him that is a thirst come. If you're thirsty this morning for revival, you ought to come and you ought to cry out unto God and let whosoever will, let him come and take and drink of the water of life freely. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and all ye that are heavy laden. I'm telling you, I don't know who this message is for this morning, but I know down deep in my heart that God wouldn't have worked on me this week if He's not been working with somebody and someone of you. I'm telling you, you might say, Preacher, you're crazy. I've had, I've had, I won't say visions, but I've had a, I've had a spirit about me that just longs to see men and women falling in the altar like we did a while ago. I just Falling in together, as the scripture said in Isaiah, it begins, Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come and buy water, or come and buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Isn't that a glorious thing? Salvation is totally bought and paid for by the blood of the Son of God. Totally free for us. And the only thing, it will cost you something, it'll cost you your life. And what I mean by that, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life shall find it. In other words, come unto me, ye that are sin sick, ye that have that heaviness about you. You might say, preacher, who are you preaching to? I don't know this morning. It might be the lost. It might be the saved. But somebody this morning is troubled and burdened in their heart and in their spirit and they can't get rest and they can't get away from it. You need to come unto Him this morning and let Him give you that perfect peace and rest from above. But it said to seek the Lord at a time that He may be found. And call upon Him while He's near. Now you might not have felt it, but I feel the Spirit moving in this place today. You ought to seek Him while He may be found. You know what that implies? That implies there will come a time where you will try to seek Him and He will not be found. Yes, sir. You read the first chapter of Proverbs and it says, it says, I sought you and you called not after me. And He said, you let that go long, so long, and you will seek me and shall not find me. You understand the significance of that this morning? That you must seek Him at a time that He may be found. Not just any old time. You might say, preacher, what do you mean? I mean if you don't seek Him when He's dealing with your heart, do you know what will happen? You keep turning that away and turning that away and turning that away. The time will come in your life you won't have a desire to seek Him anymore. That's what that means. Anytime you feel that, now that tug, you ought to seek Him while He may be found. Because there will come a time in life where men will seek Him and will not find Him. You can find Him this morning. You can walk out of here just as saved as anybody that's ever been saved. If He's dealing with your heart, seek Him in a time that He may be found. 
I don't know what the world's going to look like in a week from now. We were talking in Sunday school and I made the statement and maybe not everybody agrees with it. Uh, maybe not everybody thinks this way, uh, but in my heart, I firmly believe uh, that when the world starts falling into that kind of war, that it will happen very quickly. Uh, that it won't take a period of escalation. Uh, but my friend, very quickly, uh, we the whole world could be in a war. I'm telling you, it might not be now. It might not be this time. But it might be this time. And I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. But in the aftermath of all of that, there'll be a man that steps out of the shadows and become the Antichrist. And this world is ready for him, folks. They'd take him. They'd take his mark because of the food shortage and the gas shortage. And while you've seen what's happened in America the last two years, you can't get anybody to work because the government has been paying them not to work. You might say, preacher, that ain't got no place being preached. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, it does. Yes, sir, it does. And we've become so sluggish and so lazy that that's how the Antichrist he'll begin to promise you food and he'll take his mark and grab his food. I'm telling you, you better seek him while he may be found because there is coming a time and certainly after death there are those among us in this world who believe you can still pray to those for those people that have died I'm telling you, uh, once you leave this earth, there is no more prayer that will benefit you. You won't be able to seek Him. Those in hell, no doubt, are seeking Him and He'll never be found. Never be found in hell. Hell burns because of the holiness of God. I'm glad today. I've been blood bought. I've been blood washed. And I've been bound to that fountain. And I took a dip in the blood. And my friend Isaiah said this in the first or second chapter of Isaiah to come and let us reason together. That's what God wants. Just for you to come. My friend, His Spirit is present to save you this morning. If He's dealing with your heart, uh, maybe it's a mama or a daddy that's broken hearted over their son or daughter or grandson or their daughter, granddaughter. Would you come unto Him this morning? Maybe it's somebody that's simply worried about the state of this world. Would you come unto Him this morning? Maybe it's somebody that's just got a little hungry for revival. I mean, I'm getting hungry. I don't know about you. I know we've got one scheduled in a few months. I don't want to wait a few months. I want a revival. Who what's the world going to look like two months from now? Who knows? Who knows? You that have in your mind, well now, the devil's told me, I'll just wait to revival. And he might not be found in revival. But he's found today. Today, the Bible says, it doesn't actually say today, it says now. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. Not tomorrow, and not tonight, and not next week, and not next month, and not two months of spring revival. Well, preacher, I just don't know about all that. You don't know, do you? Uh, my friend, do you know where you stand? I've never been to a play, and I'm not trying to fuss, but I've never been to a place in my life. There are so many here. Say, well, I don't know where I stand. 
Well, my friend, you're either saved or you're still lost. And you better be getting that figured out. And the way to figure that out, if you're laying down with it, is do what He said to do. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. And I'll show you. And my friend, we serve a big God this morning. If you're one of His, you might... You might think, I don't know. I don't know if I got saved. Something happened to me and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's it. I heard somebody the other day I was watching this video and it said God does not... He does not deliver packages on an I don't know kind of street. Uh, but he said we have began uh, to move off of the faith street and we're standing at, well, I don't know corner or I'm not sure boulevard. And my friend, the blood is able to save. And it's able to cleanse those children that sang a while ago. By his stripes we are healed and his blood that can save. I've been blessed. The world today don't know the first thing about a blood-bought salvation. It's a horrible, gory, bloody religion, they say. I say unto them and unto you, if you want to escape damnation, if you want to escape the pit, if you want to escape the fire of hell, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to live forever, you'll have to come the blood way. For there is no other way. No other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I was thinking a while ago, I can't, still can't fathom the love. I've tried to, but I, I read it a while ago. My ways, God said, are higher than your ways. And my thoughts, and I'm, I'm so glad they are. The plan of salvation that He has set up is so simple that a child can understand it. He didn't make a complicated doctrine. He made a doctrine coming to me whosoever will and be saved. That's His doctrine. That's His message. That he that believeth shall not be damned. But he that believeth God is damned already because he hath not believed. In the name of the Son of God. One more time in the last book. He said, I've sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. And then He said, let the Spirit and the bride say come. That's an invitation to all unbelievers, all that are lost in sin. Let me be perfectly blunt with you this morning. He said, where I go, ye cannot come. If you're lost, if you die lost, where Jesus is, you can never be until you've been saved. Do you understand that? You understand how hard this world is? You understand the hurt that this world can put on you? And the Spirit is in the world. I can't imagine what hell will be like. It's going to burn. The smoke of the torment ascends up forever and ever and ever. The Bible says they have not rest day nor night, but they're tormented forever. And the Spirit and the presence and the power of God is nowhere in the pit. As bad as it is here at times, with the Spirit and with His church and with the Spirit to lead us, I can't imagine total separation from God, but this world is headed for hell in a handbasket. And you know why? Because we've cried and declared we don't want anything to do with it. Danger. That's dangerous. I saw a post last night that a teacher, imagine, 
Thank God for godly teachers. But this teacher that's teaching children said, I wish all of those conservative Christians would all get COVID and die. That's what they think of us. That's what they think of God. They want nothing to do with Him. Pretty soon the time's coming when the whole world wants nothing to do with Him and He'll say, fine, go and get my church. Glory to God. Go and get my people. Thrust in the sickle for the harvest is dry. And if you're filthy, you're going to be filthy forever. Unless you come unto Him. Don't come to me. Don't come to the church. Now maybe you're backslidden. Preacher, you ought to talk about backslidden. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Yes, sir. But you can get so cold dead inside that the things of God and the things of the Spirit and no longer hold any joy for you and you've lost the joy. You ought to fall down on your face and come unto Him and say, Lord God, restore the joy. Well, we're lacking that today. We're lacking the joy. There ought to be joy in serving Him. Joy in salvation. And for no other reason, just know I'm not going to hell. Glory to God. I'm blood washed and blood bought at an altar. Don't come to me. Don't come to the church. Don't just come to the altar, but come unto Him that's able to help you and to save you. I don't know who this is for, but I've traveled as far as I want to travel. Come unto me. Such a burden placed on my heart this week for those three little words. But I'm telling you, whether you're lost, whether you're saved, that ought to ring true for everybody in the house today. You've got troubles in your life. Save people, you've got troubles in your life. And maybe you just want to walk closer into Him. You're to come unto Him this morning. You're to come unto Him and intercede for these that are lost without God. You're to come unto Him. Having trouble in your marriage? Having trouble in your finances? Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He said, take My yoke upon you and learn of Me. Boy, you learn about Jesus. You learn about the Savior. You learn about that crucified Holy One. You learn about Him that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. That Alpha and Omega, that beginning and the end, that first and the last. You get to learn about Him. And the more you learn about Him, the more you love Him. And the more you love Him, the more you praise Him. And the more you praise Him, the more you want to go home and be with Him. And the closer you get to Him, the more you understand He loves you more than you'll even love Him. He loves you more than what you'll ever realize, what you'll ever know. Now my friend, it took. There was a man the other day that made the statement that Jesus Christ could have died any death and it would have produced the same effect. No, sir. No, sir. That is heresy. That is heresy. He couldn't have fell off a cliff and broke his neck and paid the price, but the blood had to come shed and had to be shed. Without that shedding of blood, there is no remission. It had to be the crossway. It had to be that. He said, now I go up to Jerusalem to accomplish those things which were prophesied to me. Oh my. 
how his heart must have been heavy in that garden of Gethsemane when he sweat great drops of blood and they begin to drive the nails in his hands and in his feet and that blood that poured out of him it wasn't common blood even Judas Iscariot you know what he said when he finally went off but I thought I was done I'm sorry when Judas Iscariot threw the money back to those people that paid him to betray him do you know what even Judas said he said I have betrayed the innocent blood yes sir Judas you sure did it was innocent blood the only innocent blood that there's ever been on the face of this earth. So when that blood poured forth from His brow and His hands and His feet and His back and His legs, it was innocent blood. It was God's blood. It was God's blood. We didn't have molecular biologists back then. I love to take the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ Put it under a microscope. It would it would baffle the scientists. Yes, sir. Because he had no father on this earth. His DNA is different. He is the eternal Son of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he says, Come unto me. Isn't that amazing? That God would tell his people, boy, the plan of salvation. Isn't it amazing? They said, Naaman, if Elisha had asked you to do some hard thing, would you not have done it? If God asked you to do some hard thing, some impossible thing, if He told you in order to be saved, you'd have to walk from here to Hartsfield, Tennessee, in the middle of the road, and have enough faith that you wouldn't get run over, we'd die on the way. But what He's asking you to do is just to simply come and believe he is who He says He is. And that that blood is able. The devil has got it into your mind. Preacher, I've tried. I've come to the altar. And I'm still not been saved. You come with that mindset. You'll never be saved. But He said, come unto Me and I will give you rest. Trust that He'll save you and He will. It's a faith way. Amen. It is a faith way this morning. And it's a blood bought way. Now I am truly done. Come unto me. Get your song together. Come unto me. Whatever it is that you're heavy about this morning, I'm telling you there's somebody in here that's heavy with a burden. Maybe it's a lost person with a burden that they're lost. Maybe it's a saved person with, uh, with a burden that I don't know a thing in the world about. You don't have to tell me your burden. Brother Randy was joking with me a while ago and he said, we're going to set you up a confession booth by the Catholics. You don't have to confess to me. I'm not a mediator. But there is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. And that man is begging you, come unto me and I will give you rest. I'm going to have rest after preaching this. If you don't do what he says, you won't. But if you come unto him... He'll give you some rest this morning, whatever your trouble is. Go ahead, brother.